Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. You are the light of the world, a city that is... trying to produce or force something. I think a lot of times with the, the type of message Sunday night and what I believe the Lord is doing and going to be doing as a part of Antioch Central, I, I think what we have a tendency to do is we start taking on this pressure and responsibility that you know, I, I gotta, I gotta fix everything. I, I gotta do everything. Let me, let me make sure everything is, is nice and, and, and in place. Let me make sure I'm all polished up and looking good because we are salt and, and we are light. I, I, everything. I mean, all of the, the components for some light are right here. I mean. Obviously, much of this is, is really uh, uh, non-essential. <laughs> it's, it's for looks. There's a couple of components that are, are really the key components of, of this and what it's supposed to do. I mean, this, this champ uh, shade is, is, is decorative, and, and all of this is decorative. It, you know, it, it makes it look nice. It's attractive. It's... It, it, you know, it, it, depending on your style and your taste and And so it, if, if it reaches that point where it's lost its flavor, its excitement, its impact, it, ha, it no longer has any value. Just simply cast it out. It's only good to be trodden underfoot. The, 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 the phrase to be trodden underfoot means to trample down, figuratively to reject with disdain. To reject with disdain. It's, it's no longer doing what it's supposed to do. And so it's not just an indifferent, oh well, whatever. It is a rejecting with disdain. So I, I want you to see the correlation between what Jesus says here about being salt and light. And if we've lost our savor, 
what the, the value of it is because it's, 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 it's a little bit different language, but I feel like this is really saying the same thing. And I want to read this because I, I want you to get a little bit, make sure you have some degree of the seriousness or the soberness of, this idea, of the importance of, of not losing collectively, not losing our savor, but also individually. Just becoming ho-hum, just, you know, are you, yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, what does that mean? What are you, what, how are you impacting those around you and not just by your words? What, how is your life affecting others? And, well, you know, I'm just not outgoing. I'm just not an extrovert. I'm just not, that, that, please show me where in the scripture it talks about responsibility based on personality type. So, listen to these verses, and many of you know them fairly well. Some of you probably can just about quote them, but, but Revelation chapter 3, and the Lord is speaking to the seven churches. And, 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 and there is, a, there is a, uh, a, a, a view of these, uh, of these seven churches. I, I've heard Brother Yu talk about it. I can't say I've ever personally dug into it from this context, but... I've heard, brother, you and others that I trust very much that talk about that these are actually representative of, of, of church ages, of seasons of the church, and how sad is it what the last church is out of those seven, and to think that there is the possibility that that represents if we're in the last days, that that represents the, the general condition of the church. Verse number 14, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation, I know thy works, I know your works, but you're, you're not cold or hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So watch this, So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. I, I don't understand the idea of iced coffee. I, don't, I do not comprehend that. I was born and raised that coffee was a hot drink, not to be a cold drink. I got family members that drink iced coffee. There's probably people here that drink iced coffee. So I can't speak to this quite the way that those of you that drink iced coffee can say because for me, if it's lukewarm, the only thing I'm worried about is hot. But I would venture to say, even for those of you that drink iced coffee, when it's lukewarm, it's not the same. For those of us that drink hot coffee, you ever, you ever had the cup sitting down, got distracted, and there was just a little bit left, and you really wanted that last sip or two, and you go only to find out you let it sit too long. It's now lukewarm. I've never literally spewed it out of my mouth, but I've been really close to wanting to a bunch of times. So even those, and, and I'm going to get to this in just a moment. I've touched, I've shared this from what I've heard, and I, I've got a little bit of, commentary here that 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 states it uh, so understand please that for you and I in 2022 it's been this way for a while but in, in in 2022 if you and I read this verse we read it in the context of 
Uh, for us, if you know, let's take it in the context of sports. For those of you that play sports, if an athlete is hot, that means he's on. If he's, you know, if it's basketball and he's got the hot hand, that means almost every shot he's taking, he's making. If if it's baseball and the batter is hot, that means every time he goes to the plate, I mean, it's like base hit, home run, or something. And then the opposite: if a shooter goes cold, that means it doesn't. He's throwing everything up, and it's a brick. He's not getting anything. If a batter goes cold that means he gets up you could throw him a beach ball and he'd get out so you and I think of hot and cold in that context but if you dig down into this he's really not saying hot or cold meaning I really would like you to be hot because that's good but if you're not going to be hot at least just be cold that's not what he's saying But he does say, if you're not one or the other, I'm going to spew you out of... I'm not just... I grin and bear it and swallow when my coffee is lukewarm. He says, I'm not indifferent about you being lukewarm. I am going to spew you. Kind of like one of those... Anybody ever had one of those moments where somebody told a... I mean, as trying to come up with a poetic way of saying I can't think of it offhand but I mean one of those things made a humorous remark or something you had a mouthful of soda and it didn't just spew out of your mouth it went through your nose and everything <laughs> I've had that happen a time or two where I've lost it that, 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 he's saying I will I'm going to spew I'm not just going to Oh man, yuck, I'm going to I'm going to spit you out. Because you say I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, I have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Let, let me let me let me paraphrase, let me give you the David Wright translation of that verse. <laughs> Because you say we have pause and call to war and revelation on shame and spiritual warfare and we understand one God, Jesus' name, and all this stuff. We're, we're all good. You, you, you think you're rich and increased with good and have need of nothing. You, you don't know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that, thou, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. This is, this is complete rabbit trail for a moment, but how sad is that when preachers want to, you don't ever want to rebuke and get people to repent. The love of God is not avoiding that. The love of God is getting people to do that. So so listen to this. The IVP Bible background commentary says this. Cold water and sometimes spiced hot water was preferred for drinking and hot water for bathing. But Laodicea lacked a natural water supply. Water piped in from hot springs six miles to the south like any cold water that could have been procured from the mountains would be lukewarm by the time it reached Laodicea. Although water could be heated, the natural lukewarmness of local water in contrast with the hot water available at nearby Heropolis was undoubtedly a standard compliant 
complaint of local residents, most of whom had an otherwise comfortable lifestyle. Listen, to look at this, this last part. Their imported water was full of sediments, though better said the geographer Strabo than the water of Hierapolis. Hierapolis. Jesus says, this is a paraphrase of of this scripture, were you hot, i.e. for bathing or cold, for drinking, you would be useful. But as it is, I feel toward you the way you feel toward your water supply. You make me sick. So again, the, the, the context here is not really... If you're not going to be hot, then at least just be flat out cold. That, that's, yeah, but in a positive way. Be one or the other. Don't be this mixture. Don't, don't be these pretty little Pentecostals. We've got all our doctrinal boxes checked. And we, you know, we do all these things. I, I was in a conversation yesterday and and we got to talking about, you know, we, 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 we believe, and I realize, well, everybody believes it, but you know what, I, I mean, true apostolics, they're, they're a little bit different than everybody else. I mean, you get, all, you get around real apostolics, and, and they believe they've got the truth to a whole nother level than everybody else. Because there's also a bunch of people out there that they believe their truth is a version of the truth. And so you've just got your version. It's all good. We're going to the same place. So it doesn't really matter. And if you think that's, that's hypothetical, I have sat in rooms with clergy who have just about said those words. And, they, they, and, and some that didn't say those words, their actions very clearly communicated that. And so we have this tendency to be, I mean, strong about what we believe and we've got the truth. But, but there is a danger in that because there's an attitude that can come along with that very easily if we're not careful. And to me, the biblical word that really basically describes that is Pharisee. I mean, Jesus... Jesus did not, you know, the, the, the scripture talked in the Gospels, it talked about the Pharisees. They, they paid tithes on mint, anise, and cumin. They kept all the laws. I mean, they were meticulous. He never rebuked them for doing those things. He didn't rebuke them for keeping the law. He was rebuking them for their attitude. So if we're not careful, we can, we can let our beliefs cause us to get an attitude and, but then we can also become indifferent that we're not really impacting anybody. Or, like much of Christianity, let's water it down because we don't want to be too hot or too cold. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. And if that's the case, then according to Revelation in the context of cold and hot and in light of what Jesus said with Saul, if that's the condition we're going to get to, we have no worth or value. I don't think I have to qualify this with you here this evening, but I'm not talking about being belligerent with who we are and what we are. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you do this differently. I, I started a um, uh, couple of several months ago now. Brother Lewis started playing pickleball, and, and uh, so I, I went and tried it at the Y a couple times. And I, I don't know if I like it as much as racquetball, but all the guys I play racquetball with have never gone back to the racquetball club they all play pickleball now so a couple of couple of I think last month for the first time I went they play early in the morning up in Severna Park and so I went and played and I'm telling you what man these it's all these 
no offense, please don't take this the wrong way. It, it, but it just, I don't, it really, it is what it is. This is not intended to be a racial statement or whatever, but it's a bunch of middle-aged, older white guys. And I'm telling, and, and they're, and, and all of them are, are they're, 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 uh, most of them, to my knowledge, are all white-collar workers. And, and there's this one guy, he's one of the older guys in the bunch. He cannot say a sentence. I'm telling you, before God, he can't say a sentence without using the F word at least once. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I, no offense with this either. He's not just some young punk kid. I mean, it, we were sitting in the airport, one of our flights on vacation, and this kid in the airport was a couple of seats over, and 18, 19-year-old looked about it. I mean, he, he's on the phone with somebody, and every other word was. So the other day, and I, I don't know. Again, you, you, may, you, you may be different. Judge me if you want to judge me, whatever. I, I, it's, that's, I mean, you're not supposed to, but it's your right if you want to. I, I, don't, I don't walk around with this badge that says clergy. And so several of the guys I played racquetball with for 15 years now. And so this, this, the guy that he's, he's top of the list, man, just ridiculous. The, the, one of the guys that I'm, he finally, he's, the other morning he said, he, I, I didn't hear what he told him, but obviously he said something about being, me being a pastor, a preacher. And kind of like you, I, I picked on you the other night, Brother McGurk, you weren't here. Kind of like Brother McGurk with that cake apologizing but not repenting. He, he was, he was apologizing. Oh, I'm so sorry in next sentence. And, and you know what? I'm like, I, and I respond, maybe you would have responded with a theological dissertation. I don't know. My response was right or wrong, but it's the try. I respond, I said, no, don't. It's all right. I'm used to it. Do I like it? Do I want to hear it? So I'm not talking about being belligerent. I'm not, you know, if you go in a restaurant and they're playing worldly music and you think it's your job to get up and go tell the manager, turn that ungodly, horrible stuff off, I, I, I don't agree that that do I agree with. Please, I'm not talking about, but, but also as I said, just go simply back to what I said Sunday night. If we believe what we believe and we believe the word of God, the bottom line is whether we see it or feel it, we are having an impact on the atmosphere or we should be having an impact on the atmosphere. But I wonder if the reason why we don't see more of an impact in the atmosphere where we're around is because we kind of lost our savor. Because we're not really hot or cold. So, again, I, I, I read these verses because it, to me, it's, he's, he's basically saying the same thing to the church of Laodicea as Jesus was saying when he told the group that day, you are salt and light. And so as salt, if you've lost your savor, there's no value, there's no purpose anymore, just throw you out. And then, G and then the word of the Lord to the church of Laodicea was, if you're not hot or cold, there's, there, there's not the benefits of hot water, or you're not having the benefits of cold, you're somewhere in the middle, then I don't want anything to do with you. It's not just this whatever, take it or leave it attitude. So let, let's go back a little bit to this, what, Matt, what Jesus says in Matthew, becoming unsavory. 
insipid, losing its saline or salting property. James at Fawcett and Brown says this, the meaning is if Christianity, if that Christianity on which the health of the world depends does in any age, region, or individual exist only in name, or if it contain not those saving elements for want of which the world languishes, if it if, if at any point in time Christianity is not impacting the world, I've said it so many times through the years, don't blame the condition of this country, don't blame the condition of the world on the government of this country, on any political party in this country, or the government anywhere else in the world. The reason the church is the world is in the condition it's in is because we've got a church that's lost its savor. There's stories of some of the revivals of history. One of them is Charles Finney, I believe, Rochester, I think it was Rochester, New York. Other places where he'd go in and begin revivals. He'd go in and first just start praying. But then revival would break out and and bars would close. And and some places they're running him out of town because revival is shutting down on the bars and now the bar owners are losing money. God have mercy when in any age, region, or individual Christianity is just name only. Wherewith shall it be salted, meaning the world? If, if, if the church, if, if we as those that are supposed, supposed to be salt have lost our ability to affect the world, what's going to influence the world for good? Not an agenda, not a nonprofit organization. There's, a, there's all kinds of nonprofit organizations in our world that do some great things. There's some really good causes, but they're not the same thing as the church. And unfortunately, a lot of the church in 2022 is more comfortable being involved in causes than they are in being the church. The question is not if a man lose his grace, how shall grace be restored to him? And i got to tell you, until I'm really digging in this, that's where I've always kind of, if, if the salt has lost its Savior, wherewith it shall be salt, meaning that it was the question about if you have lost your Savior, what's... No, the question is, if you've lost your Savior, what happens to the world that you're supposed to be affecting? If a man lose his grace, how shall that grace be restored to him? But since living Christianity is the only salt of the earth, if men lose that, what else can supply its place? What follows is the appalling answer to this question. It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out, a figurative expression of indignant exclusion from the kingdom of God. And to be trodden under the it, it, there's no it loses it. We're not here to exist just to have a nice little club. And we're not here to exist just to see how many people like us we can bring into this club. We're here to flavor lives of all races, 
of all educational backgrounds, of all economic backgrounds, of all cultures. That's what we are here for. One of the most wonderful things about the body is watching people who have become close friends and like family that before God, their lives were completely opposite. Whether color or background or up whatever, but you get in the kingdom, the Bible says it this way, you who were not a people are now the people of God. So, so, so I, I'm going to bear with me as I read a little bit more because this next one kind of really ties in to, to where I, I feel we're going this evening. And so Adam Clark says this, If the salt have lost his savor, that this is possible, that, that it is possible for the salt to lose its savor in the land of Jude, uh, Judea, we have proof from Mr. Mondrell, who describing the Valley of Salt speaks thus. Along one side of the valley toward Gabul, there is a small precipice about two men's lengths, occasioned by the continual taking away of the salt. And in this you may see how the veins of it live, lie. I broke a piece of it, of which that part was exposed to the rain, sun, and air, though it had the sparks and particles of salt. Catch that part. Though it had the, the sparks and the particles. It looked like salt. Oh, Jesus. Looked like salt. It was identified as salt. However... It had perfectly lost its savor. It was salt. It's a church. It looks like a church. It's called a church. But is it, is it flavoring? Oh, Jesus. Jesus' name. Is it flavoring the world around it? Are, are, are we, is this congregation, and I'm not, I don't say it to ignore the rest of Antioch, but I'm, I'm speaking to us tonight. This is, is this, how is this congregation affecting this region? Are we really affecting this region? But, but let's, how are you affecting your neighborhood? How are you affecting the workplace? How, how are you affecting those individuals that you come in contact with? Just because we look like it, act like it, talk like it. Now get this, get this, here it is. The inner part, the inner part which was connected to the rock, retained its savor, as I found by proof. See his, whatever, a preacher or private Christian who has lost the life of Christ and the witness of his spirit out of his soul may be likened to this salt. He may have the sparks and glittering particles of true wisdom, but without its unction or comfort, only that which is connected with the rock, the soul that is in union with Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit, can preserve its savor 
and be instrumental of good to others. Only that which is connected with the rock. Christ is the rock. It's, I, 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 some of you already got this. You're smart enough to already get where I'm going. But, but, but all of this is, is at best potential. Right now, the very best this is, is potential for light. If there is not a connection, if there's not a connection to a source of power, all of the elements necessary to have light may be here. How foolish would you would I look walking around in a dark room with this lamp? And what are you doing? Well, I, I need light. Well, you don't have it. Well, yeah, I do. No, I don't. I, I've, got, I've got the components for it. But if it is not individually connected, how about this? We got lights on in this room. Why? Because they are all connected to a source of power. So they are on. The same, oh Jesus, the same ability for what that is producing is right here. The problem is they're connected and this is not. We got to do more than look like a light. We've got to do more than have all the elements of a light. We've got to have we, we've got to be connected to be the light. We've got to be connected at the rock if we're going to be the salt that maintains its savor. Oh Jesus. So so this is this is a bit of a sidebar. This still is, I mean, this is really, I just I have to I have to insert this because. The question if the salt loses its savor, and we're talking whether collectively as a church or individually, let's talk a little bit more individually. If you and I lose our savor, if we lose the impact that we are supposed to be happened, then I and, and all we're good for is to be thrown out and trotted underfoot. Is there hope? Is there hope for believers? I'm not talking about sinners right now. I'm not I'm talking about the church. Is there hope for a church and is there hope for individuals who have lost their savor? Or is, is the only option just to disregard them and throw them out and move on? The good news is there is hope. Isaiah 42 and verse 3, the prophet Isaiah says, A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Those things were common, the reed and the, and the flax. Where you just, you know, if a reed breaks, you just throw it away. You're done with it. There's many more. If, if the flax is smoking, just go ahead and put it out. Don't nurture a new flame back. Just be done with it. But the prophet said, the bruised reed and the smoking flax. So I've got good news. If any of you here this evening, if I happen to be in the condition of having lost my savor, there is hope. It's not a done deal. While, while the salt that's lost its savor is only good to be cast out, there is hope to have renewed savor. 
That's, that's the good news. That's the, I, I said it to you at the beginning, that, 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 that verse, if the salt has lost its savor, it's only good to be cast out and try. I mean, that, that's kind of negative. That's pretty discouraging. But I haven't come tonight to try to scare you into making sure you don't lose your savor. That's not the, that's not the, that's not the message tonight. Again, if you have lost your savor, then there is hope. We're going to get there in a moment. But that was really, uh, it, it, it bothers me even after how many years of pastoring and ministering. It really bothers me when a, when a, a day rolls around, whether it's a Thursday or, or Saturday rolls around and Sunday's coming and I don't already have a direction, feel direction. I mean, it, and, and the enemy, even after all these years of learning and more experience, I still get caught up in that mind game of, you know, what's, what's wrong with you? You must not be spiritual enough. You're not blah, 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 blah. And, and I mean, there have been times when I was, I thought I was spiritual and I was praying and I was doing everything and I still didn't have direction until the last minute. But I haven't taught on Thursday night in weeks, and next week is Oikos night, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm all week long, I'm already, you know, trying to feel after what, and, and got up this morning, and I'm still kind of struggling, and so again, it's like, how in the world, how can you not have a thousand things you're having to try to figure out, but that's part of the problem, when you've got a thousand things that you're trying to figure out. And I started, I really had no, I, believe it or not, I really had no intent of coming back to these verses tonight. I, I, what I felt like the Lord had given me Sunday night, and as we continue on to whatever degree, I, I, I felt like it was just for Sunday nights. But, but I, that, that verse started coming back to me. The salt has lost its savor, we're with and. and and then I also, um, and I'm not going to, I may at some point, I don't feel to share it with you now, but I was in some, I had been a couple days ago in some communication with Brother Shelton, and actually I'd asked a question uh, several days ago, and he never responded, which is, Brother Shelton, Bishop is, Brother Shelton's Bishop takes after him in some ways. If you don't have the interpretation for that, then don't worry about it. And I honestly, I, I actually it was last Sunday. I'd asked, I had texted him in the afternoon, asked a question, didn't hear anything, deleted the text. I'm a, I'm a, I, I don't. My wife and she keeps every text, and sometimes it's good. She can go back and, but me, the second I feel like the conversation is completed, I'm done with it, except for family. Individual family members and our family, I got those pinned. Everything else, and there's a few times I've deleted a little too quick, but it hasn't changed my ways. <laughs> but I, so I really, I had, to be honest, I had basically forgotten about it. And I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, yesterday, he responded. But he did more than just respond to my question. He shared something with me that the Lord had given him for me. So I kind of had that weighing in my mind as I was 
in the process of leaving home this morning to come to the church. And, and I, I got something else. And so I, <clears throat> I want to share with you from the uh, <clears throat> Elizabeth K. commentary. I hate to do this because I'm afraid some of you are going you, to refuse to send me or share something because you don't want me to share it, but that, you're getting in trouble with God. And uh, she, she, I didn't include this part in here, but she's, she was going back through and doing some stuff in her grow books. Selah. She was... She was uh, she was, I got any little. She was going back through and doing some stuff in her grow books. She was, she was uh, 25 years old, had the Holy Ghost for decades, part of ministry. She was, she was going back through, and others would say the same thing about. Some of you we can't say that about, though. I'm feeling my savor. <laughs> anyway, she she was going back through, and she. So this is the part I'll share. The descendants of Cain became known as the sons and daughters of man. The descendants of Seth became known as the sons and daughters of God. Seth was God-fearing and obedient, and his descendants are men such as Enoch and Noah, men that walked with God, and men that witnessed to those around them for the com- of the coming judgment. And this is a quote from Living Logos, which is one of the grow books, in case you didn't know. <laughs> The God-fearing seed of Seth acted as the salt of the earth to preserve the earth from God's judgment. The God-fearing seed of Seth acted as the salt of the earth to preserve the earth from God's judgment. Relationship with God is what causes us to be The salt. The flavor we can spread comes from walking with Jesus. I should have deleted the rest of that. Relationship with God is what causes us to be the salt. We can have all of the elements and components necessary for salt and light. But unless each one of us makes sure that we personally, personally, personally are connected, we're not going to be salt. We're not going to be light. I know, I know he says you are light, but, but I, I think really that's probably more in the... I may be, I may be a light bulb, <laughs> but I've got to be connected 
I've got to be connected. The salt that had lost its savor. Remember, the part that still had flavor was the part that was connected at the rock. This is not about you and I taking on some kind of weight of response. Oh my goodness, pastor's preaching, I got to be salt and light. So I got to, yeah, do we, are we supposed to be salt and light? Absolutely, but not manufactured salt and light. I am supposed to be connected in relationship. Enoch and Seth walked with God. How am I going to flavor those around me? By me walking with God. Not by me checking the boxes of apostolic faith and apostolic lifestyle and church attendance and oikos and men. No, I'm going to produce that impact because I've got a connection. I, I, I have a connection. I've come tonight with a burden, really, to be honest. If you don't want to hear it or listen, it's okay. Because I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to anybody in this place tonight. We're not here to manufacture something. We're, we're not here to orchestrate something. We are here to be who we're supposed to be. But that's got to come from a connection to the source. Luke chapter 10, verse, if you've been around Antioch, especially decades ago, you know these verses. But Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And, he, and, she, had, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. The Amplified says it this way, But Martha, overly occupied and too busy. Oh, Jesus. Boy, that was a great flow in here up until about 7.15. Overly occupied and too busy. Uh, there's so many of us that are overly occupied and too busy with a combination. Some of you, you could, you could say it's ministry stuff, and and then it, it's the case. You are overly occupied, and you are so busy. She was overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. And she came up to him and said, Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her. Then to help me to lend a hand and do her part along with me. But the Lord replied replied to her by saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. There is need of only one or but a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage, which shall shall not be taken away from her. The bottom line is there, there there was something that needed to be done. 
And the Bible teaches us about hospitality. It, it was a part of culture. And so Martha was realized, we, we've got a guest and I want to take care of him. And so I, I need to prepare. And, and, and so somebody, I, the rebuke is not that nobody should be serving. Somebody had to do it. Somebody had to, there wouldn't have been food if somebody wasn't serving. The, the problem was Martha had also neglected the needful thing because my service has got to be the fruit of my relationship. My service has got to be the fruit of my relationship. You know what that word cumbered means? I used this several months ago, I think, but, but that word cumbered means to drag all around. Martha's service in the kitchen, Martha's hospitality had become a burden that she was dragging around. Can I, can I, some of you can, you, can, you can sit there and say, get them, Pastor, but you might want to be careful because you might be next, but we'll see. If you, if you come walking in on Sunday mornings, if you deacons come walking in, on, oh, my God, we got to be here at 930, you're cumbered. What you're doing has now become the weight that you're dragging around. I've said it before. There have been times with different things around here at the church, cleanup or painting or other stuff that I've done. That I mean, I, I love to, to do those kinds of. I just enjoy it in doing. I enjoy doing them. But there's sometimes when I I've been outside doing some yard work that needed to be done, and I'm out there and I got this bad attitude. Where is everybody? How come nobody? Can't you see all this? Can't you see what needs to be done? How come? And because I'm cumbered. Because then there's other times I'm out there, man. I'm just loving what I'm whistling. I'm singing. If I'm on the tractor, I'm preaching. I'm having. I'm preaching my best messages, singing my best solos. Don't have to worry about getting online and people making fun. I. When I lose my connection, it becomes a drudgery. When I lose my connection, when I lose that needful thing, it becomes obligation and ritual and duty. It happens in families. It happens in marriages. It happens between parents and kids. There are times as, 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 as husband and wife, you get cumbered about the responsibility. Here's your dinner. Shove it on the table. Cumbered about. It, it wasn't, again, the, the idea here is not, is not, Martha, you shouldn't be, somebody's got to work, somebody's got to serve. But, but there's got to be, there's got to be a connection. There's got to be a connection to the source. If I can get it plugged in, there's got to be a connection. How sad is it? I'm, I'm not, I'm talking to me just as much as I'm talking to you with what I'm about to say. Please hear me. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at you. How sad is it? One of the first things to go when we get too busy and too occupied is the needful thing. And the only way for us to be salt and not lose our savor is we've got to maintain the needful thing. We've got to maintain our connection to the source. 
How do we not lose our savor? Stay connected. If I've lost my savor, how do I get it back? Reconnect. I'm not talking about reconnecting through religious ritual and religious exercise and going through the motion. I'm not talking, I'm talking about reconnecting through a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ and fellowshipping with Him and spending time with Him. And, 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 and I believe that, you know, I, 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 rarely do my wife and I ever have scheduled set times that we're going to sit and talk for an hour. It's, it's more fluid. And there are some times that, yeah, we, we need to pur- purposely, intentionally plan that we need to sit down and we need no distractions, we need to focus. But, but I mean, we, we, we communicate, especially through technology now, we can communicate off and on through it. We can stay in touch. The, the, both are needed. I don't think our prayer should all get boxed in to one hour a day I prayed my hour I think there ought to be connection throughout the day but but I also believe and I, I, I don't always get this right so hear me I'm not throwing stones at you but I know sometimes if we're not careful I, I, there are times that we need more than just the conversation throughout the day we need focused and time so it is in our relationship with God I've I've come and it's the combination of what Brother Shelton shared shared with me as well as digging into this a little bit more this week that that somehow I don't want to preach whatever I feel like God may give me along these lines over the next several weeks or months or whatever it is and somehow us trying to make sure we're polishing up and getting all the people, let's make sure everything's in the right order but we're not connected. We lose our savor when we lose our connection. How do you renew your savor? Hosea 10 and 12 says it this way. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. Listen to the way the living Bible says it. Plant the good work, the good seeds of righteousness, and you will reap a crop of my love. Plow the hard ground of your heart, for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower salvation upon you. How do you break up the fallow ground of your heart? Anybody, how do you break up the fallow ground of your heart? It's the same step as salvation. The first place you start with salvation, that's the same place to start with breaking up the fallow ground of your heart. Repentance. That's what breaks up that hardened ground because the, the, the longer I go through life and the longer I go through my, my, my days with allowing things to just be out of alignment with the Word of God, my ground is becoming fallow. My ground is becoming hardened. I can take perfectly healthy seed and throw it all over this floor and it's not going to produce anything because it's not properly prepared ground. Break up the fallow ground. 
break up the fallow ground. David, the, the reason to me, one of the reasons, maybe not the, but one of the biggest reasons David was who he was and became what he was is because he was, he was, he was good, if you will. He was good at working on breaking up that fallow ground. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my way. See if there be any wicked way in me. Let the words of my mouth, let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. And create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. But but, but here's, here's also the key element of all of that. Not just, it's not just this lukewarm thing. It's not just this lukewarm pursuit. The word of the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah says this, 29 and 11. Verse 11, one of my favorite verses. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. What an awesome, reassuring verse. It, it doesn't matter what you've done, how much you've messed up. God's thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace. There is an expected end. There is a good outcome that God has for you. Then, then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. You shall seek me and find me. But when is it that you're going to seek me and find me? When is it you're going to find me? When is it you're going to find me? When you're praying your before dinner prayers? I mean, I'm not, I, I, I've, I've, I've felt convicted about it many times and I've tried at times to do better and then I find myself falling back into the same ruts I think there's probably a lot of times, and forgive me for saying this, but I think there's a lot of times I'm probably better off not praying before I eat than praying the way I pray. There's a lot of times, I, 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 in all honesty, I'm not really being all that sincere and focused on it. I'm just, it's an, it's a, it's a respond, it's an obligation, I feel. So it's, you know, Lord bless this food, Jesus' name. Let's eat. That's not, that's not, you know, God, I, I, I want to be salt. I want to be light. Hey, God, you know, if you get around to, no. He says, when you seek me with all of your heart. I've said it before. I, I forget what it was the other day. I, I used it just since we've been home from vacation. I was, I think my wife had asked me to go look for something in the fridge. I think it was, and I went and looked and. I, I didn't see it, and I think she was out, if I'm not mistaken. And I texted back. I said, I looked for it like my life depended on it, and I didn't find it. <laughs> I really did, and, and that doesn't mean you're not going to come and find it, but I really did. I really did look. I didn't just, nap, don't see it. Folks, we, we got to pursue that connection like our life depended on it because our life depends on it. I, I got to tell you, I feel like, and some of you, it's been years since this has been a, a, a focused topic. There's, but there are those of you that have, that have been here, and, 
And I'm not, I'm, I'm not better than anyone else. I'm not smarter than most people. I don't consider myself the, 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 uh, the, the expert on anything. But I'm going to tell you, I, I think at times we've placed so much emphasis on the idea of when you pray that we've lost the fact of it's important that you just pray. We, we've heard for you, again, and we've had people come through here that have preached. We've got people that come through here that wrote books. Bless God, you're supposed to be up before the sun rises and praying, and that's the way it's supposed to be. I, 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 you know what? My worst time of the day to pray is in the morning. Because when I will get up, if I'm sitting, unless... The Holy Ghost is just falling. You give me a couple of moments, I'm back to sleep. Nathaniel went to the uh, youth minister training thing, and and uh, he was he was uh, he he had to be at the airport at 5 a.m. So I'm the one in the house that knows how to fall back to sleep, <laughs> only to take him at 4:30, and he didn't make make. I've never I've literally never seen Southwest so crowded as it was this morning. So the, he actually ended up on the same flight as the rest of our team going, which was, you, I don't like to walk all the time when I pray. I like to sit or I like to kneel. Only problem is if it's shortly after I've gotten up early in the morning, if I'm kneeling or I'm praying, man, I'm, there have been a lot of other times in the day through the years that I've prayed on a more regular basis that I've had some great prayer. I will be, I hope this helps somebody, doesn't hurt anybody, and maybe nobody else has ever had this struggle. But there have been times through the years I've struggled with how important my prayer was if it was at 10 o'clock at night. But I've had some great prayer because I was awake, wasn't falling asleep. I've had some great prayer in the middle of the day. I understand, seek ye first the kingdom. I get that. And, and, and pro, but I know we use that about prayer, but that's way more than just prayer. So should you start your day with Jesus? Absolutely. But you know what? I, I, I shouldn't say this, especially since we're streaming, but I'm just, the, 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 the individual, oh my goodness, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, oh well. The individual that was all about you praying before the sun came up every morning was a pastor who would go to the church and do that with everybody else. But because of the flexibility of his schedule, and this is not Bishop, so it's not talking about Bishop, but he would then, after he prayed for a couple hours at the crack of dawn, go back home and take a nap for a couple of hours. Nothing wrong with that. For him, He's got a flexible schedule. But for all the other precious people that you're pastoring that have to go to work, they can't go home and take a nap. And you're telling them, bless God, you better pray before the sun comes up or you're not praying. Just pray. Just pray. Just do the needful thing. Just make sure that you are maintaining the connection to the source. I will acknowledge this, at least from my perspective, the, the intermittent connect, communication between my wife and I that is left formal is way more effective and satisfactory when we have had the times of more focused 
communication and connection. I wonder if sometimes we want to just do all the texting with Jesus on the run and we are lacking that focused, needful time that helps make all of that other time even more valuable. Well, at 7.15, I was expecting a much different closing than this. I thought by now the conviction would have fallen in this place and everyone would have been laid out, but that hasn't happened. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how well it's gotten across. I don't know how well you're, but I, I've come, I, I have been, again, I'm not, and probably by the time I get done tonight, I'm going to blurt it all out. But as of right now, I'm not blurting it all out. But, but I've been challenged. What Brother Shelton said to me personally, I've been, cha- I've been stirred by it. It, it. it wasn't a rebuke, but it was something I needed to just kind of just kind of shake me a little bit. And, and then again, when I first received it, I didn't really make the connection of what I'm saying to you here tonight. But, but I have no desire. I, I, I have no desire to preach what I preach Sunday night or keep preaching along these lines and there be this pressure of something we're trying to manufacture. My job, yeah, do I need to make sure all the pieces are in place and all the, you know, the, the bulb? Yes, absolutely. But unless I'm staying connected... I'm going to lose my savor. Kind of reminds me of the story many of you have heard Bishop tell, but right out of Naval Academy when he first had his real breakthrough in liberty and tongues and he went to visit my grandfather and opened the door and my grandfather responds and says, what, what, what's different? There was, there was a, we saw a visible. How does that come? It comes from being salt that is connected. It comes from being light. There's potential to be light, but there's got to be a a connection. Maybe there won't be some big moving altar call here right now, so just right where you are. Would would you just, would you take some time? Would you take a few moments? And I'm I'm not trying to trick you into coming to the altar. Honestly, I'm not. And we said it, I think one of the services, Brother Hurt was here, I think. We're not interested in just a, 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 you know, an emotional response and then we, that all subsides because it's more than that. But oh, oh, let's, let's, well, we, we, we got a lot of great things going on. We got great ministry taking place. Our, our OICO structure is far from perfect, but man, there's great things happening and youth ministry and kids ministry and, and, and celebrate recovery and many other things that are going wonderful and growing and developing, but let's, let's not neglect. Let's not neglect the needful thing. God, I don't want to be salt. I don't want to be salt that loses its savor because it's lost its connection. I don't want to be salt that loses its savor because it's, it's become detached from the source that maintains the savor. God, I don't, want to, I don't want to be a Martha that gets so caught up in serving and doing that I, I neglect, I abandon, I forsake that needful thing. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray that the fallow ground of my heart 
whatever fallow ground there may be in my heart, God, would be broken. Broken up, God, that the seed of your word that has been sown, that when the rain begins to fall, it's going to be able to take root and grow and produce something. God, I believe you've given me a word, a direction for this congregation, however long that is, whatever all that is. But, but God, it can only be effective if we've got ground that's not fallow. It can only be effective, God, if we've got ground that's prepared for the seed, that once that seed is sown, it can be water and the, and the light can shine on it. It can produce results. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, if I'm cumbered, if I'm cumbered about, if I'm dragging things around, I'm, I'm dragging my calling around, I'm dragging ministry around, I'm... I'm dragging a responsibility for souls around because I, I'm not connected to the virtue that I need to sustain me, to strengthen me, to empower me, God. I want to I get reconnected, God, the way I need to be connected. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, like Seth, like Enoch, I want to walk with you. I, I want to be able to be that salt that's a preservative because I'm walking with you. I'm connected to you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, we need a, we've got a world that needs us to be the salt and the light. We've got a world, God, that is desperate for us to be salt and light, but not, not manufactured salt and light, not, not artificial salt and light that we have we've produced. We've made it look like it. We've made it appear to be it. It's got to be genuine. It's got to be real, God. In the name of Jesus, we don't want to lose the excitement we we don't want to lose the excitement of what the church is supposed to be, of what walking with you is supposed to be, what your kingdom is supposed to be, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we want to be salt and light in this world, God. We want to be salt and light in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our workplaces, but that's not produced by us. You're the source, God. You're the source. You're the source. You're the source. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Araboko shata ramanda. Yeki araraboko riandala. In the name of Jesus.
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 If you would, it's it's still pretty early. Would you stand in this very simple old course? But would you join me for a few moments and make it your prayer this evening? Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I give all myself to thee Yeah. 
Father, I pray that you would help us tonight. Lord, you said of those in the day you walked on this earth about them missing the time of your visitation. I pray that you would help us tonight, God. I believe not based on emotion, not based on feelings, but, but I believe there is, there is a visitation of your spirit that is taking place in this congregation. I pray, God, that we wouldn't be cumbered about and caught up with all the things we've got going on in our lives, spiritual things, natural things, and miss. Father, I trust and believe that the seed of your word has been sown in our hearts tonight. And I come against the devourer, Lord, who would like to come along and steal the seed before it has the chance to germinate, take root, and produce what you have intended. I pray that seed would be guarded and protected, that it might produce in us individually, and that it might produce in us as a congregation, God, what you desire. Lord, I acknowledge again tonight, what has been begun in the Spirit cannot be finished through the flesh. God, this church didn't get to where we are by works of the flesh, by human efforts and natural abilities. We got here by a work of the Spirit. We can't finish what you started in the Spirit through the flesh. So let there be a fresh new work of your Spirit in us individually and collectively. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, Amen.